1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Harry Reid, the former Democratic senator from Nevada. He's a bit of a paradox. Reserved, quiet, but also something of a brawler. Literally, It was Reed's high school boxing coach who drafted him into politics.
0: First of all, uh, I had no parental supervision. I did anything. I was alone. And I probably did some things that if you had had parental supervision, they would say, well, why would you get involved in that? You're going to get hurt. But I never had
1: that. Reed was raised in a small town known more for its brothels than anything else. As a kid, he tried the usual sports, baseball, Football, but then he got hurt.
0: So fighting was something I had to do to show that I still had the ability to do something athletically.
1: You're trying to prove yourself. That's right. Huh. Being willing to take someone on became part of Reed's identity. His autobiography is called The Good Fight. He's in the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame. And when he moved to D.C., eventually becoming a Democratic caucus leader. He got a chance to hone his particular style of combat. In the Washington Reed describes, his political fights sound like games of one upmanship. Like there was this time he was considering changing a Senate rule.
0: Dick Durbin, who was the whip, uh, came to me and he said, They're mocking you. I said, What are you talking about? He said, John Cornyn's out there. He gave a speech saying that you're a big bluff that you talk about changing the Senate rules. He says, you can't do it because you don't have the votes to do it. Well, what he didn't know is I didn't have the votes. But it only took me about 15 minutes to get the votes. And so I called their bluff, and I won. They lost. I've always felt that uh, you shouldn't look for fights, but you shouldn't avoid them. And that has been my philosophy. If somebody challenges you, And you have to be able to respond accordingly.
1: Today on the show, the Democrats are about to head smack into a fight over impeachment. But the guy who made fighting into his personal brand, he's retired, watching it all from Nevada. But he's still keeping track of who's saying what, who's voting which way. And he's got some thoughts on what happens now. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next?, Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. There's this one story that, to me, sums up how hard Harry Reid is willing to fight to keep his political power. It's from back in 2012. Barack Obama was running for a second term. Reid, as the Senate majority leader, he was the midwife for much of the president's political agenda. There were just a few months left in the race. And that's when Reid took to the floor of the Senate and made this speech about the president's Republican opponent, Mitt Romney. The word's out that he hasn't paid any taxes for 10 years.
0: Let him prove that he has paid taxes because he hasn't. I was told by someone that had been in business with Mitt that he didn't pay his fair share of taxes, not that he didn't pay taxes. As it went on in the presidential debate, it got skewed and said he didn't pay any taxes. I never said he didn't pay any taxes. I said he didn't pay a fair amount of
1: taxes. Again, this is what Senator Reid said back then. The word's out that he hasn't paid any taxes for 10 years. The thing is, Romney had paid taxes. Millions of dollars. The truth
0: is that my speaking out against him in that regard uh, did a couple things. Showed that he was a very wealthy man. The point is that he didn't pay his fair share of taxes was not good for his candidacy. And even though Mitt and I have met and shaken hands since then... Put all the what he said about me what I said about him to one side. The fact is that went on in the campaign, and we can't erase what took place during the campaign.
1: Hmm. I wonder if you feel like it was a fight worth having when you look back.
0: Well, the results are pretty clear. That was, in fact, the case. Huh. He
1: lost. <laughs> Some people would say that would be that was a little dirty, though.
0: Well, just telling the truth is not dirty. American people are entitled to know, even though you could never tell by Donald Trump, to know what people did with their taxes. And uh, that's what that was all about.
1: If you were sick of Washington, a story like this, it might make you roll your eyes. Think, that is so typical. I wanted to know if Reed would advocate for fighting dirty now. You were in Washington for nearly 35 years represented Nevada first in the House and and then in the Senate. I wonder if you feel like, looking at the impeachment process now, you've, you've seen so much. Does it feel familiar to you, like you've been here before because you were there for the Clinton impeachment? Here's
0: the difference. The Republicans and Senator McConnell have done a lot of damage to an institution that I love. That's the Senate. It's just a mere shadow of its former self.
1: So part of why I wanted to talk to you was that you, of course, worked with Mitch McConnell for so many years. And I went back and I looked at your farewell speech from the floor. And you two really spoke warmly of each other.
0: It's clear that Harry and I have two very different worldviews, two different ways of doing things and two different sets of legislative priorities. But through the years, we've come to understand some things about one another. And we've endeavored to keep our disagreements professional rather than personal.
1: And you opened your remarks after he had spoken by saying, you can write whatever you want. We're friends. He was there for me when I had a hard time.
0: McConnell and Reed don't need to be uh, hugging out here every day. That isn't what we do. We're advocates for our cause. I do the very best I can. He does the best he can. And he, I want everyone to know here, Mitch McConnell is my friend.
1: He and his but wife been- of course, we just talked about how he has really reshaped the Senate. And I wonder what you think now when you see him on TV.
0: Well, I still, I still maintain a contact with Mitch McConnell. We worked together all those many years. I think what he has done with the Senate, with the help of the, his Republican colleagues, to make it so that nothing gets done is not the right way, way to go. But he's done it. I think it's been terribly, terribly difficult for the country, especially the institution of the Senate. But I don't dislike him, I do have no I have a right to speak out, saying how wrong he's been, but that doesn't mean um, I can't maintain a relationship with
1: him. That that seems like it would take a skill, though, to believe so strongly that what someone is doing is wrong, but maintain a friendship with them.
0: Well, I don't think that's very difficult at all. In our personal relationships, whether it's with a wife, a brother, a sister, a neighbor. All all of us develop problems with the individuals I've I've outlined. But that doesn't mean you don't like them. You may be upset at them, but that doesn't mean you uh, walk away from that relationship. Hmm.
1: So I want you to give me some insight into how your friend might be thinking about the proceedings that we're about to see play out. Knowing what you do about Senator McConnell... I wonder if you think the impeachment trial in the Senate stands a chance of being fair.
0: Well, I think the Constitution provides an outline that it has to be fair. Certainly the Democrats have enough votes for impeachment. Is there going to be a conviction? The answer is probably no. Because at this stage, the only Republican that's spoken out with some degree of alarm has been Mitt Romney. And Mitt has been very clear on more than one occasion that what has gone on is wrong. But he's the only Republican. He's the only one standing that has said that now. Well, does that mean that it's going to be that way always? Maybe not, Uh, but probably so. But to think of a dark mark on your legacy, a fact that a president of the United States would be impeached. Conviction? Perhaps not. Impeached, though, I think that's We're headed in that direction.
1: Hmm. I mean, you say that the Constitution protects this process, but I was looking at, I was reading one writer who was talking about the rules around impeachment, and it seems to me like there, there are a lot of theatrical stage directions, but not a lot of rules about, you know, what counts as evidence and who can testify.
0: But keep in mind, the fact that someone is impeached is a real dark mark on them, and You can have all the gyrations you want. Have the Republicans not vote for impeachment or not have a fair process. The dark mark is on them. And the mere fact that there's been an impeachment, I think, is a significant step forward for justice.
1: I just wonder, for it to be a dark mark, you have to have a sense of shame. And it doesn't seem like that's what we're dealing with here.
0: When the history books are written and Donald Trump has been impeached, that's there forever.
1: Hmm. So the senators, when you sit to be basically the jury in this trial, they have to take this special oath and the oath says, I will do impartial justice according to the constitution and laws. So help me God. And it's so hard for me to imagine anyone on either side of this fight actually being impartial here. I, I just wonder if there are measures the Senate can take to address the inherent conflicts of interest here.
0: There are many, many millions of people who are alarmed at the lapdog tendency of Senate Republicans. It doesn't matter what Trump does. It doesn't matter how embarrassing he's been, how foolish he's been, how disoriented he is. They go along with whatever he does, except for Mitt Romney. Uh, So I think we're stuck with that. I think that they're afraid of him and uh, afraid it'll affect them in their base. They'll get a primary uh, uh, against them. Uh, That's a fact of life, and we have to accept that.
1: Hmm. Not
0: agree with it, but accept it, because that's the fact.
1: I mean, Chuck Schumer was your deputy when you were in the Senate, and assumably he's going to be the person who negotiates with Mitch McConnell over the rules going forward. During Clinton's impeachment, people came together and made rules for the trial before it started. What advice would you give him in this moment?
0: Well, Senator Schumer doesn't need advice. He's got plenty of that without me. But Chuck is very, very familiar with the Senate rules. He was in the Senate when we had the impeachment previously. And I think that he will do his best to try to work something out with McConnell. Whether he's able to accomplish that is yet to be seen. I frankly think that uh, it's not going to be a fair negotiation because uh, it can't can't be fair if one side doesn't want anything to happen. But it may work out. There may be enough pressure from you folks, the press, American public that the republicans may decide well we better do something that looks a little better
1: hmm. but i'm wondering if you think there's a way to get these senators to budge i mean you told that story about <laughs> calling up your colleagues and rustling up the votes when you needed it how do you do that work in this situation
0: i just think that the uh, Trump has such a stranglehold on Republican senators that it'll go down in history as a dark mark in the function of government. I think it's just awful. You know, we don't have John McCain's anymore in the Republican caucus, but we do have SAS from Nebraska, Portman, Ohio. I can't understand why some of these folks who have a reputation for fairness and moving on the beat of their Drummer, uh, haven't come forward and spoke out for something a little more fair. But they haven't. They've been silent too. That is hard for me to comprehend. Hmm.
1: I mean, there's been a talk of workarounds Senate Republicans could do, like whether some of them could just not show up. And so that way, you require fewer senators to vote in favor of impeachment because there's less people there. And so getting to that majority is easier. There's
0: not a chance in the world they're going to do that. They are afraid of Trump. And they're at this stage, they've done nothing to show any courage, period, except for Mitt Romney.
1: Hmm. But you don't see a fix.
0: I don't see anything happening quickly. I think we're going to have to have a presidential election first.
1: Senator Harry Reid, thank you for joining me. Glad to do it. Harry Reid retired from the Senate in 2017. And that's the show. What Next is produced by Mary Wilson, Jason DeLeon, Daniel Hewitt, and Mara Silvers. We had help this week in Nevada from producer Sonia Swanson. Tell me what you think of what we're doing here. You can find me on Twitter pretty much all day at Mary's desk. Thanks for listening. I'm Mary Harris. I'll catch you tomorrow.